0: Hey, it's Catherine here from LifeHouse Church in Tokyo. So glad that you are joining us. I'm so excited about LifeHouse's theme for the year, Closer. It's taken from the scripture in Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When we are in God's presence, when we come closer to Him, we experience incredible joy. This is so exciting. There's always an invitation for us to come closer to god to be in his presence to lean in and when we're in his presence amazing things happen so today i have a question for you What would you do if Jesus was in the room with you? What would you do if He came into your house? Maybe you are a very hospitable person. You'd show Him great hospitality, great food. You give Him the best seat in the house. Maybe you'd ask Him lots of questions. Maybe you have like a a really great Spotify playlist that you would would put on. Maybe you just love to show hospitality. Um, I wanna find out from you, what would you do if Jesus came to your house? I've actually been at the receiving end of some really generous hospitality and one particular event that sticks in my mind the most was when I was on a trip a mission trip to Zimbabwe it's a close a country close to South Africa and I was visiting a very, very poor rural community. They didn't have much, but they welcomed me uh, so hospitably and generously. As I arrived, they made a dinner for me and they didn't have much. They had a few chickens and they took one of their chickens from their garden and they killed it and they prepared it for me. And apparently they only cook a chicken maybe once every three months for a very honored guest. So I was so privileged that they had taken one of their, their prized chickens and cooked it for me. And then the husband and wife in the home, they moved out of their main bedroom so that I could stay in their room and have a comfortable bed. And while I was eating my dinner, they got a fire ready and put a huge big metal pot on the fire and heated up some water that I was going to use to have a bath after dinner because they didn't have electricity or hot running water. They didn't have much, but they were so generous and welcoming. I I really felt like an honored guest. I was so inspired By by my time there. So, today we're going to take a look at a story about Simon. What happens when Simon invites Jesus into his home? And what do all the guests in this house do when Jesus is in the house? So, Simon was a religious leader belonging to a group called the Pharisees, a religious group called the Pharisees. And he invites Jesus into his house, and we're not quite sure. What was going on in Simon's heart and his mind at that time? Maybe he was a genuine seeker. Maybe he wanted to find out more about who Jesus was. He had heard that Jesus was a prophet. He had heard some of, about some miracles, some of Jesus' teaching. And so maybe he was curious. He was seeking truth. Or maybe he was—he wanted to invite Jesus into his house because he was, he was gonna judge him, he was gonna put him on the spot, he was gonna do some debates and show that Jesus was a fraud. Or, or maybe he, he hadn't made up his mind yet. He invited Jesus into his home because he, he wanted to see what would happen if Jesus was in his home. So let's take a look at what happens when Jesus comes to Simon's home. We read from Luke 7, verse 36 to 50, it says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him and went into the Pharisee's house in the region of Galilee and reclined at the table. Now there was a woman in the city who was known as a sinner and when she found out that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing behind him at his feet weeping she began wetting his feet with her tears and wiping them with the hair of her head and respectfully kissed his feet as an act signifying both affection and submission and anointed his feet with perfume. Wow what a what a whole huge big happening there. So Jesus is in Simon's house and then this lady comes in and she kind of gate crashes this whole gathering. Uh, It doesn't seem like she was an invited guest and this kind of maybe even an awkward situation happens. And even though her name isn't mentioned here, uh, we know that she had a reputation. It says that she was a notorious sinner, a moral woman. So she was probably a prostitute. And so everybody in this room knew this woman's reputation and they were like why is this lady here and what is she doing but she comes to this house she hears that Jesus is there she comes to the house and she's overcome with emotion she's crying and not just little bit of tears, she's crying so much, it must be so many tears that it's wetting Jesus' feet, so much water, and she's wiping and washing away the tears with her hair, and she she came ready with this offering, this alabaster jar of perfume, and she anoints Jesus' feet with this perfume jar. And so this might seem like kind of an whole strange act but this was very much part of Jewish custom this was a way that you would honor and thankfully respect somebody it it just just show that you are grateful to somebody it's a it's a real big honor to do this kind of act and this perfume would have been really such an expensive, valuable item. Many commentators say that this perfume would probably be the equivalent of a year's wages. So that's a lot, right, a year's worth of wages in this jar of perfume that she pours at Jesus' feet. And I know some of you guys are watching him. you can't really relate to this idea of uh, perfume and, you know, putting perfume on someone. But just think in your context, what a year's wages could do, could achieve. What you could buy with a year's wages. Maybe it would be a car, home gym equipment. Maybe you could afford a house. It's, it's a lot of money, a year's worth of wages. She extravagantly pours this at Jesus' feet. You know, usually the Jew- Jewish custom when you went into someone's house is that you would take a little dab of perfume as somebody arrived and you would dab it on their forehead and uh, you would welcome them in. They'd been obviously on a long journey. they come into your home. You're saying you're an honored guest and you you, you put a little bit of uh, oil on their forehead. But this lady didn't just put a dab. She extravagantly poured this whole bottle of perfume at Jesus' feet. And the whole room must have been filled with the fragrance of this journey act. So let's read what happens in the story now. So verse 39, it says, Now when Simon the Pharisee, who had invited Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet he would know who this woman is and what's a woman is touching him that she is a notorious sinner an outcast devoted to sin so Simon quietly thinks this to himself he doesn't say this out loud but he's thinking you know Jesus if you were really uh, a prophet you would know who this lady is and why would you let her touch you why would you let her who do this But Jesus does know Simon's thoughts and He actually tells a story to Simon. Jesus is very good at telling stories and these stories kind of expose people's hearts. It makes you think. It gives you an insight into into the way Jesus is thinking. So He tells Simon the story. It says in verse 40, Jesus answering said to the Pharisee, Simon, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Jesus, say it. A certain money lender had two debtors One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they had no means of repaying the debts, he freely forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered the one I take it for whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have decided correctly. So there's two people in the story. One has a huge debt of 500 denarii, the other 50. And obviously the, the person whose debt was the biggest had the most gratitude and thankfulness that somebody forgave them of their debt. And I believe that when uh, Jesus was telling this story to Simon, he wasn't trying to embarrass him or or put him on the spot. I really believe that he he wanted to take someone on the journey with him. He wanted Simon to, to see where he was and that Jesus was in his house and this was an incredible opportunity for him. He was showing Simon what was really happening here with this lady and what was in Simon's heart. So verse 44, it says, Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, but you failed to extend to me the usual courtesies shown to a guest. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, demonstrating her love. You gave me no welcoming kiss, but from the moment I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. He did not even anoint my head with ordinary oil, but she has anointed my feet with costly and rare perfume. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, as he says this to the woman, "You, your sins are forgiven. And those who were reclining at the table with him began, began saying among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has saved you. Go in peace, free from the distress experienced because of sin. Wow. So Jesus explains what is happening in this maybe really, really awkward situation. This woman has been forgiven a great debt. She is like that person in the story Jesus was telling you who had this huge debt, a debt of her sin. She had this terrible past. She had this this life of sin, a prostitute. She must have seen and done some some horrible things right she had this incredible debt but she had received forgiveness and acceptance from Jesus and because of that she was so thankful so overwhelmed because she realized how big her debt was and how great God's forgiveness was that she couldn't help but generously pouring out her honor and her worship and her thankfulness to Jesus um, she must have been so joyful that her her debt had been taken away. And I love that she wasn't forgiven because of her great gift or her great love. She was forgiven uh, because of she made the decision to repent, to go a different way. But her great love was evidence that she had received so much forgiveness. I think that actually she had had an encounter with Jesus before the situation where we meet her in the house. I think she had met with Jesus. She realized that she needed him so much and she had made, it the, made the decision to leave her old life behind, to repent and to come to Jesus. And so when she came to this house, she already knew that she was going to give him this great offering. She came ready to his house with this beautiful extravagant gift that she was going to pour upon him because she had already received incredible forgiveness and acceptance from Jesus. So what did people do when Jesus was in the room? We asked that question in the beginning, what would you do if Jesus was in the room? And in the story we can see different responses to Jesus in the room. We see the response of Simon and we see response of of the woman here. Yeah, and they all had different heart responses. The woman, when she was in the room with Jesus, she realized her need for Jesus. She realized that she was in great debt. She realized who Jesus was, what he could do. And because of that, she, she just poured out her worship and her thankfulness to him. She was right there close to him in his presence, right by his feet. And Simon and all the people sitting there, they had the same opportunity. But I don't know if they realized the opportunity that they had before them. I don't think they realized how much they themselves needed Jesus, right? It's easy to look at somebody else and say, look at all the things this person has done. Look at it. look at how much they need Jesus. But I don't need that. I don't, I don't need Jesus. I don't have so much need. But, but they, just as much as this woman, had to realize their need for Jesus So His presence is always there. Uh, Jesus' presence is always there. He's opening up. There's an invitation for us to come closer. We just got to realize our need for Jesus. We got to press in and respond to Jesus when He's close to us. So my first point and encouragement to us is come closer. Don't let pride or your mistakes or even your questions hold you back from coming to Jesus you know the simon and all the people in the room there maybe they had pride and jesus is there close to them but they're not really leaning in close to jesus they're not seeing the opportunity but this woman, even though she has this, this terrible past, and you know, she probably felt the eyes of judgment, the people around her. She, she knew those men knew who, that, who she was and that they had uh, critical thoughts and judgment towards her, but she didn't let that stop her coming to Jesus, coming close to His presence. I love that. There's always an invitation for us, no matter who we are, where we've been, what we've done, to lean into God's presence, to come closer to Him. And coming close to God, coming close to Jesus, is not this whole big ceremony that we have to do, this big religious act that we have to do. It's simply making a decision to come close with our heart, to come close with our thoughts, to to walk away from things that are not uh, honouring to Him and walk towards Him. And we can do this anytime, anywhere. We are just a decision away from coming closer to Jesus. Ephesians 3 verse 12 encourages us with this amazing thing. It says because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Anytime, anyway, if you've had a good day, if you've had a bad day, it doesn't matter. Because of what Jesus has done, we can come boldly into God's presence. I had a friend uh, many years ago who she, she uh, you know, had a difficult past. She was involved in lots of different things that were just really hurtful and harmful to her life. And I invited her to church, and she said to me, "Oh, you know." I don't feel like I can come to church. Let me first get my life together and then I can come to church. So she, in her mind, she was thinking, you know what? I'm gonna first stop drinking a lot. I'm gonna stop being in all of these really bad and healthy relationships. I'm gonna try my hardest to be a, a better person. And once I feel like I'm good enough, better person, then you know I feel like I can be in God's presence and then I can read the Bible and then I can pray and then I can come to church. And I encouraged her, no, this is actually not how it works. You can come to Jesus just as you are and it's in His presence that you're going to experience this life change, this life transformation. So just come as you are, come to God's presence. And she was so encouraged and I noticed as she started coming to church, got connected to community, uh, grew in a relationship with Jesus, she was transformed. She was able to walk more into the plans and purposes that God had for her, nothing holding her back. She could walk forward into everything that God had for her. And so don't let fear of man stop you from coming close to Jesus. Don't let um, what other people think, don't let any, uh, any past mistakes or even your pride stop you from coming close to Jesus. The invitation is always there. The next point I want to encourage you with is there is power in His presence. It's in God's presence that we can be healed, that we can be restored, that we can receive joy and we can receive peace. This is what Jesus said to that woman. He said, your faith in me has saved you. Go in peace, free from the distress experienced because of your sin. So Jesus, he forgave this lady from all of her past, from all of her sins, but he didn't stop her. It there. It says he did even more than that. That word go in peace that Jesus spoke to her, that word peace means go healed, restored. It means this word shalom where everything was broken, but now all the broken pieces are being restored and put back together again how amazing is that when we are in God's presence there is complete healing and and peace and joy and freedom so no matter what your past has been that's actually the very place that you need to be to receive this peace and joy and healing in God's presence and one moment with Jesus can change everything. At Lifehouse, we always say, we believe in moments, just in one moment in worship, one moment in prayer, one moment in journaling, one moment uh, you sitting in your office saying, God, please help. One moment in His presence can change everything for you. So this is such a great position for us to be leaning in to God because one moment in His presence can change everything for us. The next thing I want to encourage you with is our joyful response is worship. So this lady, she, she's forgiven so much. She, she gets released of this burden of her debt. She experiences the love and the acceptance of Jesus. She's transformed. She's healed. And out of that response, she does this extravagant offering. She brings this amazing, uh, generous gift and honors Jesus in such an incredible way. That's a response because of what Jesus has done for her. And remember I said we don't uh, give to get into God's presence but we can't help but overflow with joyful generosity because we have been impacted so much by God's presence. And That's why I think we as Christians should be the most joyful and generous people because we have received so much from God and we can't help but want to overflow in worship, overflow in thankfulness, overflow in generosity. We had, we all had a debt that we could not pay back, and Jesus paid that price back for us. Even if we don't have a, a life that's similar to that lady, and, a, and that was a, an immoral prostitute woman, we all have a debt that's been forgiven by Jesus, and we all should just our response, our natural uh, overflow of our hearts should be thankfulness to God. So I want to ask you, does generosity flow from your life? Do you do you come into Jesus' presence with joyful generosity? That should be our response. So, th- so today I would love us to, to respond to Jesus. Maybe uh, you need a moment in God's presence. Maybe you feel like you couldn't come in closer to God's presence. Today is the day where you don't let any of those things hold you back. You lean in close and come to God's presence because that's the very place where you're going to get healing healing joy and freedom and also I think there's something about us responding with generosity and joyfulness because of all the things that God has done for us so why don't we respond today with prayer and why don't you pray this with me let's let's thank God for what he has done for us thank you Jesus that you uh, gave your life for us you have forgiven us incredibly we are are free from the debt of our sin we have received so much love and acceptance from you and we just want to say thank you we love We love You, we praise You, we worship You, and we want our lives to be extravagant offerings to You. We we wanna pour our lives out, just like that perfume to You, joyfully and extravagantly, because You have done so many incredible things for us. I pray if there's anyone watching today that needs one moment that'll change them in their presence, that You'd come bring healing to them, that there'll be joy and peace restored into their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, just lean in close. God is close to us. And there's another group of people that I'd really love to take this opportunity to pray for. Like that story Jesus was sharing, that there were two people with this great debt that they couldn't pay back. And we all are like that. We all had a debt, we've all missed the mark. We all have gone our own way and not followed in Jesus' good and perfect way. We've all missed that mark, we've all made mistakes. And we all have a debt that we couldn't repay back. But the wonderful news is that Jesus paid the price for us. He paid the price for our sins so that we could walk free, we could walk into the, to eternal life and purpose because of his sacrifice on the cross for us. And all we have to do is accept this wonderful gift of salvation that Jesus offers for us. Say, Jesus, I want to be in a relationship with you. I want you to forgive me of my past. And I want to walk ahead into the future that you had for me. Just like that lady did, she walked away from her past, she walked towards Jesus and into a new, hopeful future that God had for her. So that's you. I I want to take some time to pray for you today so on the count of three one, you open up your heart and respond to Jesus one God loves you and he has a plan for your life two he died for you and he rose again victorious so you could have eternal fruitful prosperous life here on earth and for eternity so three if that's you why don't you open your heart and say Jesus I want to follow you today If that was you, I'm so excited for you. I wanna pray this prayer with you today. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us. Thank you that you wanna change our lives, that you have an amazing plan. Every person who made this decision today, would you lead them? Would you be with them? In Jesus' Name, Amen. So if you made the decision today, we can pray this prayer together. It's gonna appear on the screen today. Uh, uh, Below, you can read it. It says, Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Thank You for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow You. Woo! Awesome, An amazing journey with Jesus starts today. So I wanna encourage you, don't let anything hold you back from coming closer into God's presence because in His presence is incredible joy. Have a blessed week.